everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, and that is Tara, and we are going to talk about the Twilight Zone Season 1, Episode 34. Hey, that's a, that's a fun number. Uh, this is called The After Hours. <laughs> I can't think of too why. <laughs> There's nothing particularly special about the number 34. <laughs> There's one, one thing. There's one thing in particular. Um, this episode is called The After Hours, and <laughs> it's about a woman who has a very strange encounter at a department store where she's taken to a floor that doesn't exist, the ninth floor, when this building only has eight. Oh, look, can I, actually, can I, first, first, first comment I want to make about this department store. Um, okay. Have you ever been in a department store that has eight floors? to itself like where the entire yes. thing is one store mm -hmm. really okay i was going to critique that but fair enough they're not very common but I, yes and like really really large cities like uh tokyo new york um they have that multiple floors for no for I've, I've, I've been in ones that have maybe had three floors to themselves no, but, no i know what you're talking about but yeah. they're like a lot smaller but taller Sure, okay. Tokyo especially, like that's just how they design buildings. <laughs> so Okay. Alright. To be I'm pretty sure this is not set in Tokyo, but uh, I think it's it, not. They said Cleveland, no, I but think. But I have seen it, yeah. It's not yeah. it's it's not very common. I think it was more common before. Sure, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I retract any comment I was going to make. No, almost hitting the mic. Alright, uh, so she has a weird experience. She goes to this floor that doesn't exist, the ninth floor. Her name's Marsha. Um, Marsha! Why did you say that name? Not that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like how we did two different pop culture references. Yes, I, I did. Uh, but my view, I had to think about what that was. <laughs> I was like, man, that, that movie's leaving my mind. That thing I, you try to block from your memory? Yeah. I've remembered the meme, but I don't remember the movie that well. Um, and you did The Brady Bunch, and I only know that because she made that joke before we started recording, and yeah. she told me what it was. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Brady Bunch wasn't really a thing in the UK growing up. No one, no one, no one watched it. Apparently not. I cared. We're all too busy watching, um, I don't know. Are You Being Served? <laughs> what, as kids? No. <laughs> I've not even seen that as an adult. <laughs> Try to think of something British. Uh, I don't know. Faulty Towers. Okay. <laughs> so she goes up to this ninth floor. It's very weird. It's very quiet. There's like only, like, there's no customers. There's one employee who's not even there at first. She kind of like appears from around the corner, kind of creepily at one point. Mm -hmm. And she purchases a gold thimble uh, from her. And it's the only item there. There's no items for sale. There's no merchandise. It's just the thimble. And it's kind of weird. And then when she's leaving, she, she notices there's a problem with it. So she tries to return it uh, to the store manager and is informed that there is no ninth floor. And then, of course, there's the obvious big shock before the ad break, which is that mannequin looks a lot like the woman I spoke to upstairs. Um, and that kind of leads us into... And we'll get to the twist and, and you know, what's really going on uh, by the end. But that is the gist of this episode. Um, we got kind of excited because it sounded like a good horror episode. Uh, mannequins mm -hmm. possibly coming to life and, and whatever else. So I will ask as a question. Tara, did you enjoy the After Hours? Yes. <laughs> Straight no-nonsense like no answer. I love it. Um, <laughs> yes, I also enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, what, what I did not enjoy is that my Blu-ray disc uh, skipped like a few seconds at one point. I was... Uh, concerned 
You should be. I was like, you should return it. Go back I, to the ninth floor and return it. <laughs> I've owned it for like six years. <laughs> I think I'm past beyond the return date. <laughs> hey, Amazon, I, I ordered this like six years ago. Um, you know, no one had even heard of Brexit or anything like that yet. But like, can, can I return this? Brexit is such a stupid name I know. and idea. Of course it is. But yeah, I like this. I like this episode. I think it's pretty effective with the with the creepiness, with the horror. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's a little bit predictable, but I still like the twist. It is predictable. I do think the creepiness is easily the most effective creepy stuff that the show's done yet. Um, Yeah, they have some clever shots that uh and i think are more effective with horror and a lot of it is because it doesn't say anything it did they shut up and they have it all be visual there's actually an extended sequence Mm -hmm. in this in the second half where it's just quietly looking around and being scared and there's no music it's just quiet it's eerie yeah it's well done you know you know what it made me think of did you ever watch night gallery i did not no okay it's kind of the next twilight zone i think it's night gallery there was an episode, I think it was done by Spielberg, where a lady loses her her sight, her vision, mm. and she's like walking around in rooms, but it's all black, and she's like trying to feel, and like it's totally silent, and she's brightly lit, but everything around her is black, and she's like trying to move around and stuff, and it, I don't know why, but it reminded me of that. Okay. One of those episodes. Uh, I think it's a pretty famous episode. Because well, uh, I think it's Spielberg. Because Serling did Night Gallery, right? That was his show too. Yeah. 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 Um. So, no, I I I thought the creepiness worked quite well. Um, the twist, which of course is that, uh, she's actually also one of the mannequins, and the mannequins all take turns having one month where they get to be a part of the real world, and mm-hmm. the story here is that. Once you've spent some time in the real world, you forget you're a mannequin, and that's what this plot is: is that she's forgotten that this is what she is, and she doesn't want to go back. Which is is maybe an interesting decision to have her just go, "Oh, you know what? You're right. I'd for- I forgot I was a mannequin." Like I almost expected <laughs> it to go down this path where she didn't want to come back, and like the reason why she'd forgotten is because like the idea of going back to this was so unappealing, and like she wanted to be alive and be be herself. And right. it it made me re- it raised some interesting questions for me because I was thinking like. So where was she living? Like, did they have like a like a timeshare? Did they share like one apartment? So there's always one of them living there. So they always go to the same place, you know. Maybe like... they don't need to sleep or anything. Maybe they just wander around. Oh, maybe yeah. Um, and how? Why? How, when she pays for the, the thimble, how does she have money? Like, where did the money come from? Do they have like a job to share? Like, is there some manager somewhere who just doesn't question the fact that? I'm sure it's pretty easy for them to get money before they leave. They live in a department store. Oh, so one of the mannequins is good at cracking the safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I they're always not. watching. I'm sure they can see. That's true. That's true. It's a bit of a Toy Story episode, huh? Yeah. Well, I I, yeah, cause I, I think I made that comparison when we heard about it last week. As I said, it sounds kind of like Toy Story. <laughs> you know, when the humans yeah. leave, all the all the mannequins come to life. Um so it's interesting that it's it's really creepy as an episode, as a concept, but obviously the ending kind of says, no, it's not actually creepy. They, they just want to take turns being in the world. They're not doing anything sinister. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. When you cast, do you cast people who already look like mannequins you have, or do you make mannequins to look like who you cast? Uh, you have to make them. You have to make the mannequins. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, it, I was curious. It's more. It's maybe more expensive, but it's far easier to do. You'll be spending ages looking for people who look like your mannequins if you do it that way, right? Probably just go through headshots. <laughs> no, I think. Um, do you know what? Actually, this episode has something unique in it that I don't think's happened, and it's not a big thing. It's it's a simple little thing, but I don't think the show's done it yet. And this is the first mm. time because it, it really stuck out to me when it happened. This is the first time, as far as I can remember, on the show where there was a scene that cut away from the main character and we we went to other characters having a scene together where the main character was not involved. Hmm. We, I yeah, think, I guess so. I don't think we've ever done that because, you know, we have the whole, you know, the whole first half where she goes up into the elevator and she goes to the store, ninth floor, and uh, we come back, um, I think it's after the ad break where she's had her scream maybe, uh, or maybe it's before the stream. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, but it cuts to the office, and it's like the manager and like the assistant manager or whoever, or the manager and the this this the the local area manager. I don't know whoever this other guy is. The, the comic manager. relief. Yeah, and they're just like talking about the fact that she thinks there's an ninth floor, and I'm like, this is weird. We've never cut to other characters like have a scene. We've maybe had like two characters talk while the main character's knocked out or something like that, but they're still technically there. Like they're still in the scene. Yeah, I guess so. I think there was a scene with uh, that one with the time traveling airplane pilot where like the, the colonel and like another captain were talking or something. Ah, you're right. But at least in that case, it was like they just walked out of the room where they were like, interrogating him or something like that. Yeah, I guess. I can't really remember. I think but I, I think there was a scene, something similar. Yeah. But, but now, otherwise, I mean, I think you're right. This is Because the ending of that episode did have them together when he went back, right? But that was like after he kind of died. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, of mm-hmm. course he's not here. But um, I, I don't know. It just it felt so surreal to me, at least in the middle of an episode, to just cut to these two characters who we hadn't even really seen that much of. Like, these were just like, oh, here's these two characters talking about uh, the main character. Yeah um it just really stuck out to me i thought it was i thought it was interesting it's true i like the characters too they were like really um i don't know what the one guy was like super goofy and at first i'm like okay you're a bit much tone it down but then (laughs) after a while i'm like you know i like getting characters that are unique in this show because usually everyone's just kind of i don't know themselves but like a little bit scared or something yeah but (laughs) It's neat to have a caricature in the show, too. Another little thing I noticed, which is, again, not a big thing, but typically Rod Serling only does his little thing where when he's doing his, doing his like, narration, he'll uh, say, in the Twilight Zone at the end of it. Uh, usually he only does that at the end, but he actually did it at the start on this one as well. Mm, yeah. So just a little thing. Just a little, little, little. I like the mannequins a lot. I thought there were a few times where I was staring at the screen like, is that a real person? And then they'll like fall over like a mannequin, like, oh, that was a fake person. <laughs> I guess I'm not very good at spotting it. Yeah, it's funny. They're really, they're really good. It's funny you say that because I was, um, I, I thought it looked, it was kind of obvious to a point. And my only complaint with that, because I liked it to look kind of fake and like obviously mannequins because it made them creepier, right? Um, well, my- there were a couple of scenes where I, I couldn't tell, like the last shot too, especially, I thought looked really good. Um, now, I think it's just there's like a shininess to it. But the, the, my only complaint with this though is that uh, at the end of the episode, not the final shot where it's just her, like it's, you know, it's the busy working day, and the, the the manager sort of notices the mannequin and goes, "Huh," and he has like this little moment of recognition where he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's like that woman. That's weird." 
Huh. <laughs> but the, the 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 one little complaint I'd have with that is that I wish they'd done some sort of transition because the, the scene before this, you know, when they're all together, the Americans are together, and they explain what's happening, and the uh, the woman who sold her the the thimble is the one who's meant to be leaving for the month. Um, she's she's left alone with the elevator mannequin, and they do this thing where they sort of freeze like mid motion, where they, they they essentially become still mannequins again. But it was really mm-hmm. obvious that it's just um like them holding still because it doesn't look different yeah and i was i almost wish that they'd done they'd, i don't know what the, what the effect would have been in 1960 on tv but like a transition to just sort of so they, look, they started to look more shiny or something i don't know <laughs> like um yeah i guess i mean some the close-ups of the mannequins i thought okay they obviously look like mannequins but like some of the further away parts i didn't yeah i wasn't able to spot the difference i kept waiting for them to move around a little bit more but every time the mannequins did move around like just subtly to scare her it was clearly still a mannequin arm or like oh, yeah, somebody yeah. just shaking it there was <laughs> there was two basically sections building up to the reveal that were really good there was her sneaking around and like you say there was like mm-hmm. moments where like the mannequin arm would just sort of like move like just you know an inch like that as if you know it'd mm-hmm. been pulled or whatever you know one like one of the the lady mannequins like her purse started dangling kind of thing mm-hmm. it was all these little things but then the other big thing that happened up, up until the end was um where they all start coming to life so it's clearly all real people you know pretend to be mannequins but as she walks mm-hmm. by each one sort of like trying to escape the the, the horde it keeps getting bigger because the every time she walks past one the next one steps down and they all just keep coming yeah. um and i thought that was an effective little build of a, of a scene that kind of you know they built up and had a nice nice escalation yeah. to it which was cool um the one thing is though it's one of those things where, where it's the same thing in like something like star trek or because star trek's done this a few times where they'll be like oh something makes them all freeze so or mm-hmm. like, you know maybe, maybe all but one character are frozen in time or whatever if it was an episode in the original series but that was kind of like they were you know the, the enemies were moving so fast that everyone appeared to mm-hmm. be still so we, so we had like scenes of these people walking around and you know kirk and everyone were pretending to be still there is that there's this like inherent shakiness to a person when they're trying to be perfectly still that it's really easy yeah. to spot and once you once you're looking for it you can kind of see it and in, in certain yeah. people who yeah, are pretending people to be still don't stay totally still they just kind of wave a little bit yeah yeah there's a little shakiness and um it, it reminded me of that a little bit because i could kind of see it. it i guess it's one of those things where you only really see it in the close-up so so it's, it's a, a good bit of advice if you're ever going to do this where someone's going to have to pretend to be perfectly still do a wide shot because it's not as noticeable mm-hmm. in a wide shot. You can get away with it. Uh, but in a close-up, you see it. You, you see it heavily. Uh, but um, that's not a complaint. No, I thought it was a really effective little episode. Um, and I think we should talk about the the messaging of the episode, the possible uh, sort of story behind the story here. What do you think this means? What do you think it represents? This idea that this woman is not really a woman. She is a mannequin who got to take a turn being a woman. Do you think this is talking about commercialism in some way? Do you think this is talking about how, the, how trapped we all are and, and, <laughs> and, and you know, physical belongings? I and... think it would have been if she was a human from the beginning and who became, like, a store mannequin who just, like, is so in this world all the time then she becomes part of it, um, like permanently okay well I'll, maybe I'll but pl- coming from commercialism and then living uh, no i'm not really seeing it okay i'll pose an alternative i'll pose an alternative <laughs> how about um 
the idea that we give such meaning to some things that they eventually take a life of their own. So the idea that, especially if you think about the time period here, um, you know, how, you know, where we are as a society in the 60s where it's really kind of like, we're just sort of still in the early days of like commercialism in the sense, not I mean, not commercialism as a whole, but the idea that like even the working class are starting to be like marketable to, if that makes sense. Is that uh, sure? Yeah, because you know, obviously, you know, poor people in the twenties weren't weren't buying clothes from department stores. They weren't, you know, doing that kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. the fifties out of the sixties is where that kind of turns around, um, and then everyone get depressed again because of Vietnam. But <laughs> like, you know, um, that that's uh, kind of that era. And I wonder if it's like this idea that you we give such meaning to these types of objects to to the ideals of having these things from department stores that they almost take a life of their own and want to take back from us and that's kind of like you know this is the start of it like you know the, the mannequins t- coming and taking apart a slice of the world as it were um one at a time i don't know i like it i, I don't have a concrete answer here I, i'm genuinely wanting to sit and theorize like i'm not saying i've got an answer that i'm teasing or try to draw at you i'm just I'm spitballing. Yeah, I mean, I, the thought had crossed my mind too when I was watching it, but it was more on the uh, by the end of the episode. I thought, ah, it's not, I don't think it's saying anything about commercialism, but um, I don't know. I think if it wanted to make that message, it could have done a, a better job <laughs> easily to make that more clear. So I, I think maybe it's there, but I don't think it's intentional. No, I would disagree with that. In the sense, not, that, not that I'd argue... I'm not necessarily disagreeing that it's not in this particular story, but I don't necessarily think it has to be more in your face to be intentional. Um, some of the some of my favourite like uh, like interpretations of certain like movies or TV shows tend to be stuff that you do have to draw out a little bit. You have to kind of dig, oh, bit, sure, dig yeah. a little deeper. I mean, I just... I don't think that was the intention of the episode. I think it was more like mannequins are kind of creepy because they look like us but it's <laughs> off so let's make a episode about that but but, but to be uh, fair though the rod serling and twilight zone usually have meanings they usually have messages there's usually some mm-hmm. subtext um i mean maybe like half of them <laughs> so so you're you're on the record or like the other half is just all the same message of I hate my life. <laughs> I wish I lived a different life. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I would agree. There's no subtext, though. I, I think there is subtext there, but I think it's intentionally a little bit more, uh, a little bit more off, just a little bit less. Okay. Less in your face. Like I, I think you could probably take a, a few different meanings from this episode. I mean, I gave you kind of two, <laughs> just just from a, a quick bit of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fun episode though I, I think even even without looking for a deeper hidden meaning there's just a fun creepiness to it uh, it's one of these things where I, it's a sort of twist where I expect they're probably going to repeat this twist because there's been a couple other ones where they've repeated things and they've not been as good when, they've, when they do them again um, I, yeah. I, get the, I get the sense that there's going to be a very similar thing to this a few times where the twist is the main character is one of the things that they're running from like we're probably going to get that again right so yeah, and that's okay. Maybe maybe they'll. I think I could think of at least one of them, actually. Yeah, maybe we'll get different spins on it to kind of freshen it up with some some other element that's not in this one, but uh, but generally creepy. Like, honestly, the stuff where she's on her own and it's really quiet in the second half of the episode was very effective, and I can't really fault it too much in that sense. Um, no, I really like this one too. Pretty yeah. good. 
Yeah, uh, and the actress was pretty solid. Um, I, I thought she did a good job from kind of. Is she so- from something else? I don't she know. Familiar. Let's let's find out. Anne Francis. That does sound familiar, actually. That name. Um, oh, Forbidden Planet. Ew. That's the first thing in the the known for column. How about that? We're gonna watch that one day. Yeah, on Ace, of course. Um, <laughs> all right. So, as always, Rod Serling showed up at the end and told us about next week. And it was an athlete, I think he was saying. Yeah, it looked like he was in some kind of locker room. It was baseball. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's talking about baseball. Um, so it's called the Mighty Casey, and it's here's a description on IMDb. A down and out baseball team's fortunes are lifted by a mysterious but seemingly unbeatable young player. Ooh. Interesting. And I do recognise an actor in here, um, from the from the images, uh, and I'm sure it's Jack Warden here. Yes, he was in Twelve Angry Men. I do. You know I knew it was going to be Twelve Angry Men before I even clicked on it. He's just, he's one of the 12 Angry Men guys. <laughs> Jack Warden. He just does. Uh, so that's the next episode. So uh, look forward to that. But that has been episode 34 of the Twilight Zone. We have two episodes left of season one. So that should be fun. Uh, and then we can do our best of the season, which should also be fun. So uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and make sure you ding that bell on YouTube for the notifications. And you can, of course, get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can support everything we do by liking the uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and people find it easier because it's higher up in lists and, you know, recommendations and things like that. Uh, you also support us financially, of course. Tara, how can they do that? You can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. Donating as little as a dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of other shows we do, including The Ace, which is our science fiction movie podcast. So go over and check it out. Thank you. <laughs> well said. That is, uh, <laughs> that is pretty much us, though. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys, and Twilight Zone. <laughs>